Hello, Gav. Hey, hello. Hello. I'm <laughs> can using, you hear me? I'm using, I can hear you loud and clear. I'm All using right. these headphones that's a little bit uh, old because Charles took the <laughs> and he's out. So, um, but you, so far, no problems, right? No, no, no. Well? It's good, it's good, it's good. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. I was just watching almost everything that you have on your website. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but I, I just um, didn't touch my showreel for like seven years. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it takes such an effort to actually, it you does. know, document, it does. put it together. It and really does. And I couldn't <laughs> have done it without my the help of my best friend and my student because my best friend is a web designer. I see. And she herself haven't even done up her own show real wow. and then a, a few years ago actually there wasn't much work and I was feeling a bit like uh, you know like a okay. bit bola then yep. I said you know what I think I should first step I should do is to just get my show reel in order and then she did the first design on Wix and I really liked it and then me and uh, one of my former students who, who works with me part time yep. she and you know nowadays a lot of young people they're very tech savvy yeah. I told her this design I like and then she just helped me upload everything lah. then we, <laughs> we updated the news like everything yeah. and I felt it was really good because it actually made me feel better about my work yeah, yeah. definitely definitely yeah. yeah, it made me feel better and actually I think then when people go and see the site it's true also it's just better it's you know everything is no there. it's, it's yeah. uh, I don't know whether it's um Narcissistic, but uh, when I was doing my showreel just last week and all that, wow, I, yeah. I was happy. I mean, I was like, wow, yes. feeling a bit. No, it's sienna. not narcissistic at all, Gavin. Is it's, it? You should be proud of your work. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, should yeah. be proud and happy about your work. And yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a blessing that we can do what we do. So yep. all the more so you should be proud of it. Say, hey, look, I can do this. And, and I think what's so great is when you put all your work together, you realize that like only you can do what you do. So. No, yeah, and I mean, there's some. Frankly, there's work out there that looks the same. Yeah, but, but you don't you don't want to be that. Just looking through, right? And I remember um, autograph way back. You know, that's yeah, the first yeah. time I, I saw yeah. your work, lah. And I'm yeah. like, uh, hey, wow! All through the years, are uh, you're consistent? You know, <laughs> you're very consistent. Oh, I, dear. I even when yeah. I look at my showreel, I'm like, hey, well, how come I like did this? <laughs> so, but you're very consistent, and I, I think it really shows in terms of your work. Uh, later on, we will talk about like uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. some of the some of them la. But I was like, wow, spend the last hour plus to just go through everything, and it's so well documented. <laughs> Even the last thing you did uh, with uh, uh, with you that? guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not my me guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, main thing is uh, we're talking about like a subject that's so quite narrow. People talk about filmmaking and all that, lah, but not really like producing or directing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it's something to uh, to <coughs> to focus on, lah. And actually, yeah. uh, surprisingly, uh, nearly twenty percent uh, come from North America. <laughs> the people listening. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, because I think people are interested to see how we're doing it. Yeah. You know, uh, I yeah. but I don't worry about the singlish and all that, lah. So anyway, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe we can start already. Okay, Aurora, but... Yeah, areola, no. which is nipple. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Then why the, the name? I was nipple. just saying, it's like, oh, why yeah. why the name? It's a pun on nipple. Already, I mean, areola is nipple. Oh, yeah. but yeah. isn't it uh, also some kind of like a... It is. It's, it's <laughs> the Northern Lights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's got no connection to the Northern Lights. Yeah. Uh. 
Uh, well, in the film, the bride mentions that she and her husband I are see. going to oh, see okay, the Northern okay, Lights. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I love the Cantonese. I think in a lot of your work um, comes a lot of dialect, um, which for a non-Singaporean would not uh, think too much. Like for instance, if we go to festivals in in Hawaii and all that, probably they think, oh, this uh, maybe that's a native language, but actually. We lost it already. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. I, when I was listening back to that, I watched it in uh, when it was in the festival, same time as my, my Diamond Dogs yes, in 2018. Right. I was like, oh, this, wow, this is so awesome. I mean, the whole thing is in Cantonese. I'm, I'm, I, I speak Cantonese. So I'm like, right. wow, it's quite hard to pull off. Like, even for my, my, my <laughs> Cantonese is quite poor. But even though, you know, I, I, I converse with parents in, in Cantonese, but it's yeah. quite hard to pull off. So actually... Did you write in Cantonese or is it mostly ad lib? Yeah, so I wrote the script in English and actually I don't speak a word of Cantonese, but my mom is Cantonese. And I grew up watching um, some Cantonese comedies and I always found that it was a very beautiful language when it was spoken. Um, and it just added to the comedy of life, like to things. And I, I had always had... Um, kind of been in awe of Cantonese. Uh. I usually uh, go with the language that feels most comfortable for the actor and I like Sixuan, who played the role of the mom she's very wonderful. much. Yep. Yeah, she's, she's great. And she's Cantonese. So, and, but actually a Mandarin teacher. Also, she teaches Mandarin and she can speak uh, Teochew and Hokkien. Um, and, and we did discuss, and she can obviously speak English as well. And I wanted her to speak in a language that... Um, would feel alienating for um, Sajini's character, who was mm. the bridesmaid, who was Indian. And, you know, a lot of Indians in Singapore can understand and speak Mandarin yep. um, because they study it in school. Yep. But Cantonese might be a bit far off unless you've lived in Hong Kong yep. or you, yeah. you, you took effort to learn it. Yeah. So we felt Cantonese would be a good uh, choice for her. And also, like I said, like I've always had um, been enamored with the language. Uh. Yep. And I think it maybe has something to do with paying homage to my mom and hearing <laughs> her speak Cantonese. Okay. Uh, but I grew up uh, because I was raised by my grandmother, her mother, who is Teochew. So, um, so you do Teochew. And, so, and then my other grand, I, I, I do understand Teochew, but, um, <laughs> okay. but ask me to speak it now it would be quite sad. <laughs> but I just feel that Language is, every language has its own flavour. And I felt that for me, Cantonese just brought out her personality yeah. of the mother. Okay. And, and also, like I said, contributed to the comedy and the tension. Yeah. Yep. So the, the first question was actually, was it written in Cantonese or you like write in no, English? No, I wrote it to, in English. I see. Okay. Yeah, so I wrote the script in English mm. and then uh, Sushien just did the translation on her own. And I must say that for Areola Borealis, it had more ad-libbing um, than I had in my previous films. Okay. And I encouraged it. Mm. And moving forward, I think it's something that I would encourage more of. So during the rehearsal, the actors um, just, you know, I gave them freedom to come up with, with lines. Okay. And then we decided what we liked and what we didn't like. And then also on the spot, I was doing some rewriting and it was really, really fun. I would say that Areola Borealis was one of the most fun I had working with actors. Okay. Like I just felt that we were such a family and we trusted each other so much and we had so much fun uh, together and so much like 
I don't know, just we just mm. liked each other. We okay. all liked each other. Yeah. And they all like, got along very, very well. So wow. I felt that the improv, that made the improv easier. And we spent a lot of time just talking about the characters. What we did was that we made the changes on the script and then on set, they just replicated it. Because I think to improv on set is a little bit dicey because, you know, there are a lot of elements involved. Yep. And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen and sometimes when it does, it's great. Mm. Uh, I think the improv to happen at the rehearsal stage is a lot more helpful. And then we put it in the script and then everybody knows what they're supposed to do on set. I yeah. see. Okay. And uh, actually, the ad-lib make it sound very um, unacting. I don't know yeah. why, you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why, but yeah. every time we hear dialect, it sounds like, hey, this sounds natural. Uh, till today, I I'm not saying about the uh, your act your. Every time we speak English, I do get it from other people. It's like, hey, this is not natural. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but even though yeah. it's it's like uh, we speak ninety percent of the time in English, ninety five or hundred percent, hundred percent of time in English in Singapore. But somehow it still feels weird. But when somebody speaks in even Mandarin, it sounds like it's adopted. I don't know why, yeah, but yeah. dialect sounds like hey, it comes from within. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, maybe it's yeah. just because it's taken away from us, like. But um, maybe, okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the the writing is so you, you know. Um, <laughs> I I don't know how to say that the writing was so tight. I mean, I really loved that the sticks was uh and the ticking time bomb was given very fast in the beginning. Okay, the the bra broke. Right, so yeah. that yeah. was so well written. I mean, um, and Thanks, and I, and and I yeah. love the passing of the baton prop, which is the bathrobe, you know, from yeah. one person yeah. to another. Oh, I love that. I mean, <laughs> that really shows uh, the writing part. That, that goes Thanks. back to the next line. Uh, question is: um, yes. Do you mostly direct things that you write, or do you direct most of the things that is actually not written by you? Yeah, I would say that 90% of the time, um, and even for commercial or uh, corporate work, I do like to write myself because I, I love writing and I feel that as a director, if I write my own material, I feel closer to it. Yep. And I feel that I understand the nuances of it more. Um, and of course, I have directed things that have been written by other people and that's always refreshing. And especially if I know the writer and we have a relationship. Yep. Um, but more often than not, I will always get my sticky fingers on it, lah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I will, I will, I will always meddle with it to um, bring it closer to me. Okay. Yeah, and and I think that for me, when I'm directing, I need, and even if it's um, a commercial job, I need to feel very close to it. I I really understand what this character wants, who she, he or she is. And ultimately, what the message is like that—that's very important to me. And I feel that only if I get involved in the script stage or I write it from scratch, will I have that kind of closeness? I think I've yet to find that relationship where I'm given the script, and and I just I'm, wow. I'm going to work on this without any amendments. Okay. But for the most part, <laughs> but for the most part, a lot of people will say, "Hey, we just want you to write because you know, hey, it's cheaper, whatever lah." You know, okay. package, uh, package. Mm. You know, so yeah. okay. Um, so and that's always worked out well for me because I would prefer that. I would prefer to have. I, I would prefer to be involved in in the writing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, that that segues to another question is that. Um, for me, it's different. It's almost like uh, 90% of the time, it's just scripts that's thrown on top of me and then I'll, I'll just try to find my way. Uh, but yeah. 
Yeah. The other way is that, you know, you you are hired most of the time for your voice. I mean, director, most important thing is the voice, right? So, you do have to get involved with the script uh, yes. to make it your own. Yeah. Or else the, how how are you going to be Absolutely. hired again? Because Absolutely. people are coming yeah. to you for that, right? Yes, yes. And <laughs> and I would say that a majority of directors uh, all over do get involved unless there's, you know, in Singapore, we don't have that. But unless they're very tight contracts, you know, like in some places, they have a contract and say, hey, no, you're not allowed to change yep. more than. Mm. Uh, but because we don't have that here, it's a bit more of a like open field. So a lot of directors do take free reign on the script. Sometimes that can work and, and sometimes that cannot work because it really depends on the writer and also the writer's style. So that's why I said, like, uh, thankfully, like, I, some of the, write, the more successful relationships uh, with writers I've had are like mostly with Jean Tay. Um, and Jean is coincidentally also one of my All best right. friends. All and right. someone that I admire and I love and I love her voice. So... Mm. I think with Jean, because I we went to school together and I've seen her writing from the time we were 19, I, see. I, I understand her voice. And because mm. we know each other so well, um, it's an easy working relationship. I and see. she also gives me some freedom um, to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to move some things around. Yeah, it has been a, a successful um, relationship. But I think even sometimes she feels quite fed up also. <laughs> She'll be like, Hey, you changed this entire chunk, yeah. and, and and I okay. take it for granted. But oh well, that's what directors yeah. do, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah. um, so you know, it, we just have to tread sensitively and um, you know, lovingly la, for the okay. good of the project. Yeah. Yeah, because the uh, especially for TV lah. So I say ninety percent of my things are like you know. So okay, this is yeah. script, and then yeah. you. And then you get beaten back by like you know, hey, how come you went away from the script, man? Uh, so yeah. after a while, you learn how to survive and still try to have a voice. So, but yeah, uh, for yeah. your side, I think it's, it's the the more pure way, la, Which is like, uh, you're probably hired for your voice, and you're probably hired for your kind of tone to how you treat scripts. So, I think uh, when anybody assign you a job, will be well. I kind of expect that, lah. That is like whatever is written. Uh, you would try to make it your own. And I think you're paid to make it kind of your own. I, th- I, th- I don't know. That's my... Right. That's my Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but... Um, yeah, I, I can see it because it's... I, 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 when I look at your body of work, it's like, wow, envious, man. Almost everything is like keep chipping at the same block, which I, I always find that even though there are different genres and different... But it's so difficult to actually keep going at it like for instance i love genre stuff but you know there are yeah. none there are no jobs out there that i have to do my own feature film yes. because yes. nobody has that same kind of uh you know um twisted mind or whatever so <laughs> so i i almost envious it's like wow you it's hard to to um be on top of it because you keep and that is being a craftsman always fine you know a craftsman is yeah. keep going at it and they understand what needs to be done they keep improving on it and I really see your body work is so consistent I'm like uh, quite envious yeah yeah. the next I, thing I think is it's funny because like looking so appreciate that comment but looking <laughs> at it from my perspective I'm yeah. just like girl when are you gonna 
just step out of your comfort zone and try something a little different. You know, like I know my voice will always be my voice, but I do feel that when the opportunity presents itself or if I can create that opportunity, that I also should um, challenge myself to look at different characters and to look at different genres even. Because I think even if it's a different genre, your voice will always be there, right? Because yep. it's your take on it. Yep. And, you know, Lilin comes with her sensibilities. Gavin comes with his sensibilities. And I really appreciate you saying that. And it is nice that uh, I can explore s- sort of um, similar characters in a way. Yeah, in different scenarios. But, you know, like maybe some themes and messages are quite similar. But I do think that at 46 now, I, I should... I should push myself and, and uh, be a bit more courageous and, and try some different things also. I, I don't think yeah. it's about being courageous. It's very strange because it's always, you know, the grass is greener and then you look at each other and yeah. it's like, wow, that guy is doing too well. <laughs> I, I really find that uh, it's the material and you can see the improvement. And you can see like it's getting so good. And I think that the sameness doesn't mean that it's the same genre. Like for instance, I, I one consistency I can see is you love your characters, your main characters, so much. I can, I can feel that. <laughs> it's almost like you take care about, like, uh, whenever I look at even your synopsis, it's long. Yeah, I can tell you all my synopsis is like two sentences because I'm like, <laughs> and then all my, all my uh, uh, main character has the same name because I'm like, oh, fickle, just this <laughs> name. Yeah, but you, you care about your your main characters, and and that's really a big start to you know uh, for the audience to care about the characters, and yeah. and I can see yeah. even with every character is kind of different. Um, and like for instance for Aurora is uh, you know I love the casting I love Michael right uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know he's always like uh, he does his job but doesn't do it too much yeah, that's yeah. The, my problem with a lot of local actors they just do too much yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. to distract yeah. Uh, yeah. and I love you know there's always that uh, awkward nerd and then, uh, and I love in this story about you know the finally um, the friend and uh, the nerd hooks up. I love, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like I'm such a huge fan of like romantic comedies, and yeah. I really think yeah. that you're from even um, my my first feature film, yeah, yeah. Gone Shopping. Yeah. yeah, Gone Shopping. Yeah, I, and I thought that really there was a touch there, but you keep going, and I'm thinking <laughs> you're gonna get good. Right? I really think you're like almost like the Greta Gerwig of uh, like Singapore. Oh man, I wish yeah, she's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I really think that you you are you're you're chipping away at the block at the right place, and I really don't think that oh you suddenly yeah. do a genre piece because the uh, I don't I don't see that you love that kind of uh, piece, but uh, I can see that there's a lot of consistency. There was this um, hairdressing. Um, the perm, yeah. I love that, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so almost everything is like, there's fun. Uh, that's so hard to do because uh, filmmaking is such a, you, it can go the other way, which is like, you know, it's angsty. You get yeah. angry on yeah. set. <laughs> Nothing yeah, goes your course, way. You know, yeah. and, but for yours, I don't get that. Like, I get that. You know, you're having fun. You're you're vibing with your actors. They are listening to you, and they go on the journey. And then, like the center point kids, as well, it's like you know, it's all audacious. So yeah, <laughs> I, I really love that 
part la. Yeah, the oh, nerdy okay, underdogs yeah. uh, seems to be a theme, uh, <laughs> yeah, which I love. Yeah, la, yeah. Which I love. Just mm. jump in here. So I, I, I think that um, I, I, the past few years, I start to psychoanalyze and, and think what is it about exactly like you said, that nerdy underdog that, you know, these um, little romances and, and kind of like the um, irreverence of love. Yep. And I think a lot of things that we do stem from a lot of unresolved things from our our formative years, which I think our teenage years. And I think that my films still stem from this place. Um, when I started to love films and when you're going through life changes and suddenly, you know, you're feeling more and you're thinking more. And then I realised that so much of um, the joy and the pain and uh, things that fascinate me still come from that place. Um, so when I made CP Kids, that was um, like a like a full on realization of a teenage fantasy. Yeah. When I was, when I was just watching all this, I was just saying it's like a lot of millennials we gonna watch it and just say, oh well, it's just trying to be like a Stranger Things Singapore thing. But right, right. it's to me, I'm like, wow, uh, that's forgotten. <laughs> and <laughs> and like uh, there was a stigma. <clears throat> And the problem is that we, we yeah. don't know, it, it wasn't addressed in, the, uh, maybe it was, uh, the people talked a little bit about that, like, yeah. you know, the parents didn't like it, but it was a stigma to be a CP kid. It was like, oh, yeah. you're useless. Uh, you're yeah, going to, you know, die on the streets. And like. i got to tell you something funny about that, yep. Gav. Yep. Um, when I was doing research for CP kids, I originally wanted it to be a docudrama. Okay. And I could not find anyone to talk to me. Even people that I knew confirmed 100% were CP kids. Wow. Nobody wanted to talk to me. They were so shamed. Okay. And you know, now I'm um, developing a project, which I don't know whether it will happen, but yep. it's about um, World War II survivors and those that are still alive now. Okay. And I'm finding more people willing to talk to me about the brutality of World War II than CP kids. Yeah. nobody wanted to talk to me about their life in when they were Centerpoint kids. And I think that it was so sad that they were shamed because they were on the fringe of society where I just thought they were fascinating. Yeah. And I still admire them so much. Yep. And in terms of fashion and style, yeah. they were totally... I mean, Singapore has never seen anything like it since because, yeah, now you have cosplayers, yep. right? But that's not the same. Like the CP kids, they were making their own coats. Yes, they were, they were dressing up like Bananarama, like Sandal yep. Ballet, mm. um, Madonna, but yep. they were making it their own. And, and that that was fascinating to me. I yeah. think it's, it's more the attitude and like, yeah, there was a little bit of an edge there, like, you know, oh, we don't know what the hell they're going to do, but nothing happened. La. There was no riots, yeah, yeah, there yeah. nothing. No, but no. yeah, it's not like now you say cosplayer, okay, uh, somebody's going to take some photos and like, you know, yeah. but that time it's yeah. like, wow, they, they may do something dangerous, you know? It's like, yeah, maybe yeah. they're like taking drugs. Dance. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like break dance. That's crazy. yeah, yeah. Because they were break dancing in the car park a lot. Yeah, it's a and, bit uh, like the Harajuku kids in you know in in Japan. Uh, that means yeah, that it's yeah. just an attitude, is a lifestyle. Yes, yes, uh, yes. It's a culture, a form of expression. Yeah, it's a form of expression. I think in the eighties, you know, we were so our educational system was so strict. You know, Gav, you and I remember <laughs> yes, we were please. there, right? <laughs> yes. And and you I was know, not like. Fash- <laughs> I was not so cool. Was, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I I wasn't cool at all. But you know, <laughs> but the fact is that you know, I was like the eighties, and in terms of fashion, we were so limited. Yep. You know, the coolest thing was Levi's jeans and Hanes t-shirt. Yep. 
and Doc Martens if you could afford it, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, bros, so, bros. Yeah. <laughs> and and so when you look at this, you know, the vibrancy of how these CP kids were dressed and capturing the whole spirit of the music, the fashion, the the that you know, kind of it was rebellion, but there was. I don't know, it was so tied in with fashion and music, the rebellion, and dance also, the breakdancing. Mm. And, and I felt like when I saw the CP kids, it was like, it, they, everything that they represented was what I wanted for my life. Because, you know, it was uniform uh, five days a week, and then yep. weekends, and then I would try to incorporate little CP kit touches into the way I would dress. Like I had a neon pink, uh, neon pink sweatband on my wrist, mm. a sweat. A forehead band and a wristband, and I just felt, my God, I'm so cool. You know, neon pink socks, little little things like okay. that, that. So you, you tried know, that? <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I know at that time, wow, like you know, a flock of seagulls kind of hairstyle and all that, lah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. As I said that. Um, it comes in as very fun and all that, but on the other hand, it's like you know somebody who who actually uh, been through that period. It becomes such an important piece that hey, that needs to be um, documented and is documented from your point of view, which is also quite consistent with your uh, pieces, you know, because the yeah, there's it's such an important thing about a director's voice that it comes from within rather than it's like borrowed. Um, and I think that that's consistent with your short also. Nah. So, I, I, I don't know. It, it just, almost all the time, I will see, um, is it CHIJ uh, uh, uniforms? Even in, in, <laughs> yeah. even in uh, autograph, the my autograph yeah. last time? What, was yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, and we filmed at CHIJ. Yeah. <laughs> and the principal was so cool. She was so nice. Yeah, we filmed the CHRJ Topayo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, the yeah. One more question before we go into the, the main thing is, uh, why is Autograph Book and then there is a latest, like 2015, um, you did the... Uh, it's My called, Autograph yeah. Book. What, is, yeah. There, is there a diff, is there a, like a homage to yourself or is it you're revisiting yeah, well, some themes? Well, I, I wanted to revisit some themes and also... Um, it was a commission project and they were interested in the first film and I thought I should make a goal, uh, you know, a kind of revisit that and, and I thought it would be fun and then to try some things different as well. And um, I mean, of course, the first film will always be the first film, you okay. know, and the second one was, uh, I think it's, it's so hard with the exception of Terminator and Aliens to have a better <laughs> sequel. Yeah. Not that I'm even in that category. Okay. But um, I, I thought, oh, you know, yeah, it might be nice to to think about it again. Like I said, you know, friendship and relationships are so important to me. And, and you know, I think we're constantly figuring it out even in our 40s and probably will be for the rest of our lives. So I just thought, you know, it would be cool to explore that again. And Sweelin, Neo Sweelin's character, she kind of goes back in time. So um, she becomes a 20-something, and then she becomes an 11-year-old girl again, you know. So there's some magic realism in the film where she, by reading her book, she goes back in time. Wow. Yeah. 
that's yeah. so trendy nowadays. Ah, uh, this time slipping, <laughs> time jumping. Yeah, yeah. I, I, parallel yeah, universe. I just, <laughs> I just thought, you know, let's just let's just try that. Let's just have some fun with it and and see what happens. So, but if you talk about independent short films, in my twenties, I was doing almost one a year because wow. I I didn't go to film school. Yeah. Um, but I had dabbled in some filmmaking classes, but I I was very passionate about it, and I figured. That yes, I wanted to learn more on the job, but the only way I was going to improve my craft if if I made my own films, if I wrote my own scripts, that's true. And so it it all started with Norman on the Air, which is in 1997. Wow. I came back, I graduated from my university in the US, mm. and I came back and and I, I I didn't know anyone because I went to a university that there were only seven Singaporeans. Yep. Uh, one of them was Jean Tay, and, <laughs> okay. and there was no one uh, in my department who was from Singapore, which was visual arts and film theory, and I, uh, I, you know, so anyway, I just I came back and decided that, oh, okay, one way I can make friends is in the industry is definitely to start by making a short film. So uh, Norman on the Air really was the, the start of me making my own personal short film at least one every two years. Yeah, and this wow. was throughout my entire 20s. So all in all, in terms of independent short films, in my 20s, I probably did five. Right, wow. five independent short films. Mm. Then um, the rest were like commission, uh, and then when I hit it to my thirties, uh, that was when I said, "Okay, you know, I was going to try and make a feature film." And then I spent a few years, uh, starting from like I think the time I was twenty eight or twenty nine, to start writing Gone Shopping already, and so I took a few years to really gestate um, the script. And then my thirties was spent working on my first two feature films. And then going back to school to Tish, yeah. Mm. Um, and then you know trying to figure out okay what's the next step in in my career. And then in my forties, I decided that I was going to go back to making um, some short films. And then Nicholas Chi uh, was very kind, and he heard that I was also wanting to make short films, so he commissioned me a utter uh, short film project. Um, and this was under NEC as well. Was Singapore Writers the Festival. The perm, right? No, this was um, the loving that loving. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I saw that so too said, just now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Nick said, "Why don't you uh, make that, and that could be the start of your next short film journey?" And I really feel that was a really nice booster, you know, for me to to go back into making short films because in my thirties I had concentrated on my two feature films, and I went back to school to study screenwriting, which I loved. But mostly, I had, I had been writing long-form scripts. Mm. And then, uh, in between, I did like two telly movies, which were also long-form, but those were all commission projects, which were still very fun. But I had really missed the short genre. Uh, yeah. the, the main thing is that um, there are two things uh, that uh, after you, know, you, you talked this. Um, number one is I loved how you actually you know, um, um, time-stamped all your your works, like your 20s, you're doing this, 30s, you're doing this, 40s. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm looking through your works, of course, it, it gets better and, you know, uh, but I don't see that. I don't see like, you know, uh, let's say your latest work, I, I see a, a, even a pinch of like, you know, um, sadism inside or like something that is like, <laughs> it, there's still the innocence. With from right. even you know the autograph book to now, I'm like, hey, is how did she do it? I mean, how did she? Like for yeah. instance, if you see mine, it's like, wow, it's getting, it's getting 
like more bleak uh, like it's not oh, no. worth living <laughs> oh no <laughs> like you know you should no. kill yourself or something like but it's um I I really find that it's strange because you are bookmarking it like there is a difference. There is no difference. I find that you get better, of course, uh, and also like for instance, as I said, uh, for the latest shot, the Arolis, um, uh, Arola, yeah, Borealis, um, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it's more polished, but it's the same themes. It's about you know uh, being a woman, you know, and being. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, family, yeah. family, yeah. and like, yeah. so it's the same. I'm, I'm, and it's not a wrong. It's not uh, seriously. Yeah. When I look at it, I'm really not saying that. Hey, yeah, you know, you should go and try some. Like just <laughs> now, what you said, you go and try something else. But I really think that uh, wow, you, you're so consistent, and that's being a craftsman. And uh, there's really something to to learn there. Th- number two is that. Uh, the box office, unfortunately, I really, really <coughs> want to change that idea. Because it's because maybe my first feature also didn't do nothing with the box office, nor money. But uh, I really think that is success just based on box office. I seriously yeah. think that that's not... I mean, um, our stories, especially for filmmakers, when our nation is so young, yeah, I, I really think that it's important to tell the stories our own stories and every filmmaker have this mindset oh you got to be business you got to be like but on the other hand I, I always tell Zibia, hey just tell a good story yes. yeah seriously I'm with you Gav <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that the online platform and, and the um, right now with Netflix and HBO it, it's it's a game changer la. Yep. and I think that it will uh, and I'm not saying that cinema is dead because I personally love going to the cinema. Sure, and, yeah. and and since we have it, not yeah. been able to... Yeah, it's the only time I can get my husband to be quiet and not <laughs> okay. say anything and not look at his phone <laughs> is when I watch a movie with him. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, but, but, you know, I think, as, you know, as, as a Singapore filmmaker, um, it's so much unnecessary pressure. Yeah. And, and it's not the correct benchmark. Correct on the merit of the film. Correct. And, and it's not encouraging. You correct, know? correct. Yeah. I, I really think so. I mean, it's like, we keep looking, oh, this one did 1 million. Or, this no. one did yeah. uh, 200,000. Yeah. I'm like, uh, like for instance, I just said that, uh, you know, uh, some of the, the films that's out there could be maybe marketed wrongly or like, yeah. it's yeah. just, we're just not uh, precious about the efforts, you know, uh, and getting our audience, um to really enjoy or like appreciate Singapore uh, filmmaking is is such a such a task, and I think um is 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 great to hear from you know um sort of like a veteran like you because uh, this podcast is actually made for a lot of young directors uh, or like those who want to take on directing, yeah. and. Uh, it doesn't get easier. I can tell you every year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this and I forget it. Or like, it's it's still a struggle. I, I don't know For about sure. you. For sure. For sure, yeah. There are good years and there are not so good years, but that's that's life, right? We're going to stop a bit. Uh, maybe take a, a short break, then we will continue with the, the first part. Lah. Yeah. Hey, but it's all great, man. Thanks. Okay. So okay. you're going to call me back? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in... Uh, five minutes? Can. Can. Okay. 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 Cool. Bye.